Hello, this is Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Matthew, with Through the Eyes of Christ Ministry. I want to thank everybody for their comments and listening to this ministry. As I said before, this ministry isn't about changing your mind or your religion or anything like that. It's just to talk about things that throughout my ministry I've heard or things that I know that people are going through. And I pray as people listen to these ministries that they come to understand just how much God loves you. Today I want to talk about something that has kind of hit home with me, and that's talk about judgmental, how we love to judge other people, and how people love to judge us. The Bible says, judge not, be not ye judged. You know, I was sitting today at work, and I noticed this person sitting there, and another person came up and asked if they could sit down beside them because the lunchroom was full, and that person said, may I sit beside you, and that person looked up and saw who it was, kind of snored their nose a little bit, and said, well, I'm waiting on someone to sit there. As that person went off, I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, and break was going on, and at the end of the break, I noticed that nobody ever came to sit at that spot. So I asked that person today, I said, why did you tell that person they couldn't sit there? Well, I just didn't like that person. They they just, in other words, what they were saying was that person was beneath them. Just because that person wasn't qualified in their eyes to sit at their table, they made that person leave. To me, that's being judgmental. And I am so glad that I serve a God today that is the righteous judge. As I said in my first episode, I talk about Christianity being Christ-like and religion. And I don't really want to get back on that subject, but this this kind of goes along with judgment. People judge people by the way they look, the way they dress, how many friends they have, what kind of reputation they have, instead of coming to know that individual. I wonder what would happen if Christ did us that same way. If Christ judged us by our reputation and and if we were goody-goody and never done anything wrong, how many times he would say, no, you can't sit at my table. You're beneath me. It's a shame to know that we live in a world, in a society, that's ready to finger point on people's 
situations and and tell them because you don't dress a certain way or you don't act a certain way or you you know you live in a in the wrong side of town that you're beneath me. Judge not that you be not judged. It gets me how many times I watch people judge someone that's doing the same thing that that person's doing, but they don't see no wrong in it. Bible clearly states that if you judge someone and you do the same thing, better that you put a, a stone around your neck and jump into the water. Because you see, God's going to judge you for that. Sometimes the Bible calls that being a hypocrite. We have to watch how we treat people, how we show people that we look through the eyes of Christ. Judging someone is not up to you. It's only up to the righteous judge, and that's God Almighty. When you judge someone because maybe they've been in prison, maybe they, they've done things that wasn't right, judging them makes you a hypocrite. Yeah, I said it. It makes you a hypocrite. Because... While you're judging them, have you ever thought about the things that you've done? Have you ever thought about the times that you had it rough? No, we forget about those. Because we're too busy judging one another. Religion today will tell you to judge. Religion today will tell you if they're not this denomination or that denomination not to have anything to do with them because of their belief and the way that they see things we start to judge that person we got people in the world today that tell people they're going to hell because of their lifestyle you're judging this person and condemning this person when the judgment belongs to God Nowhere in the Bible does it say a man can condemn a person to hell. Only God can do that. That's what's wrong with with the world today, with the the churches and the nominations and, and all of this, is because we are so ready to judge someone. You see, I told you I was once a pastor of a church. And when I first become the pastor of this church, I was trying to get this church to see that no one was different than the other. No matter your race, your sex, your, 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 your nationality, it didn't matter to God. When we come together in a building and we worship God, we come to a church, we come there to fellowship, to learn. We don't come there to judge somebody when they walk in the door. Well, I had that situation one time. 
a Mexican couple came in, a man and a woman, and their three children. And the lady that was greeting them at the door said something to this lady. I don't know exactly. I didn't know. I was standing up at the pulpit. The music was about to start. And I saw that lady look at her husband and nodded for him to leave. Well, I looked at my wife and I told her to come up to where I was at. She came up and I said, go to find out what happened to that couple. That couple that came in, they were Mexican and they brought their children. Go find out what happened. My wife walked out the door. A few minutes later, as the music was going, I saw her walk in with the couple. The same couple that something got said. My wife told them to come up there and sit beside her. First, the lady said, no, no, we'll sit in the back. I could, I could hear what she was saying. And my wife said, no, you're a guest here. But after today, you'll no longer be a guest. You will be a, a family member. And as they sat down, my wife looked at me and kind of rolled her eyes. I knew she had something to tell me after church was over. And after the service, to make a long story short, my wife motioned for me to come down because I usually go to the back, to the church door there and greet people as they leave. But today, my wife asked me to come over there, and I went over there, and she introduced this couple to me and their kids. And my wife said, honey, I, I want you to understand, we have a greeter at the door that told these people they wasn't welcomed into the church. And at first I thought it was because maybe they were Mexican. And I, my first reaction was, well, they're Mexican. Maybe that's the reason why she said that, but she shouldn't have said it. And I looked at the, the lady and the gentleman, and I looked at the husband, and I said, sir, you're always welcome here, you and your family. And he just shook his head, yes. And I looked at the lady and I said, you have beautiful children. You have a beautiful family. And y'all come anytime you want to come. And the lady looked at me and said, well, I'll have to go and buy some new shoes. And I looked down at her feet and she had sandals on. As a matter of fact, her kids had sandals on. And her husband had on some old tennis shoes. You could tell they had been worn for quite a while. And I said, you don't need no new shoes. What you're wearing is fine. No, no, Pastor, that sister said that we couldn't come in because we didn't have regular shoes on. I got so mad. That lady was judging this, this family because of the shoes they had on their feet. To make a long story short, I had a talk with that sister, and I told that sister, if you ever judge someone coming through that door and tell them they're not allowed to come into this church, you won't be welcome. Well, of course, that sister got mad, and 
I'm not going to go into all the details. But that couple kept coming to the church. And that night, this was on a morning, a Sunday morning, that Sunday night at church, I talked about judging. It doesn't matter what a person wears. I know the Bible says you must be in your modest apparel. I understand that. But sometimes if you actually knew what that phrase meant, you would understand to be in the best that you can be in. And sandals was all they had. How dare us judge someone because they didn't have nice shoes. And of course, the lady had on blue jeans, her husband had on blue jeans, the kids had on blue jeans. But it was the best clothes that they had to wear. And one person was going to tell them not to come to church because of what they were wearing. How dare us? Anywhere in the Bible, when Christ walked this earth, did he tell anybody because of what you are wearing, you cannot come to me? Did he judge anybody by what they were wearing? If, it, if he did, I've never read it. And I've read the Bible plenty of times. You see, judgment can lead someone to hell. Yeah, I said it. It can lead them to hell. Because when you're judging someone that wants to know Christ and come to Christ and fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, and you tell them they can't come because maybe they're not a well-to-do family or maybe because of their shoes or maybe because of their clothing, you can cause a person to feel so bad that they don't want to be a Christian. And you can lead that soul of that person to hell. Only God can condemn them to hell. But you can make that person feel so bad that they think it's not worth it. If I have to dress up and go and buy a billion-dollar pair of shoes just to come to a church, I want no part of it. Judging someone can cause someone to change their lifestyle, make them feel like dirt on the ground, make them feel like because they're not this way or that way, because they don't have nice clothes to wear as you consider nice. They'll never go to another church. They'll never come to understand Christ. They'll never understand that the love of Christ goes beyond clothing or where you live or what you live in or what you drive. It goes way beyond those things. Don't judge someone. Instead of judging, tell them how much God loves them. Because you see, there's nobody on this earth 
right now with all the billionaires, millionaires, the high society people. There's no one in God's eyes better than anyone else. Judgment is putting yourself in God's shoes. And I'm sorry to tell you, but I only serve one God. His name is Jehovah, Yahweh, God of hosts, Lord God, God Almighty. It's not you. It gets to the point where when I see someone do that, I stand up for the people. If I'm in a restaurant and I see someone snore their nose up because somebody sat down beside them and wasn't up to their standards and they make a comment or they roll their eyes, I, I say things. I go up to the person that they're rolling their eyes at in that family and I'm like, how are y'all doing today? I know you don't know me, but it, I'm just glad to see y'all today. Y'all made my day, and I look at the other person, and I roll my eyes at them. You see, it wasn't right for me to do, but I'm to the point where, you know what? It's time to stand up for people who can't stand up for themselves. It's time to let people know that when you judge somebody, God's watching. He sees. He knows. Stop judging one another. Instead of judging for one another, pray for one another. Instead of judging for one another, love one another. Look through the eyes of Christ and see what Christ would do. He never stood with the goody goodies when he walked this earth. He was with the sinners, the lowly people, the outcast. And not one time did he raise a finger and judge any of them. He just loved them. If you are a true Christian, Take out your own eyes and put Christ's eyes in you. Watch what you say to people. Stop judging people. Start loving people, praying for people, showing respect to people. If you think you are better than someone else, I'm sorry, I don't want nothing to do with you. Because to me, you put yourself on a standard that God doesn't have. And you get to heaven and think you're going to walk through that pearly gate thinking you're better than someone else. You've got, <laughs> you got a rude awakening. That person, that family that I was talking about, that Mexican family, they kept coming to the church. They got involved. Every time we had something going on at the church, they were the ones that was first there. 
and you see the husband got saved, the mom got saved, the children got baptized. All because God at that time when that lady at the door to greet her was meeting them, God said, take out your eyes, Pastor, and look through the eyes of Christ. Get your wife up. Go out and talk to them. Find out what happened. And I didn't call that lady out during the church, but I did speak to her with my wife and explain the situation. No more judging. And right before I left the church, everyone that came there would tell you they felt the love of Christ and they didn't feel judged for what they were. We had people there in jeans. We had people there in in dresses. We had people there in in flip-flops. We had people there in sandals. We had people there wearing $100 pair of shoes. But everybody respected everybody because I would not allow judgment in my church. Stop judging and start loving. I thank you for this time today and I pray, I pray right now that judgment leave our bodies and love and peace springs forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. Once again, this is Pastor Matthew coming to you from the uh, ministry of Through the Eyes of Christ. Sorry, I haven't been on here in the last few days, but yesterday was Mother's Day and I spent the day with my mom and I hope everybody else did too. And all the moms out there, I hope you had a very, very blessed Mother's Day. Today I want to talk about a subject that uh, I heard someone say the other day that made me think how many people actually do this, and I want to talk about taking the word at face value. What you read in the Bible is what it says, and that's what it's meant. You know, Paul tells us that we're supposed to study the Word, and rightly dividing the Word of Truth, sometimes you can't take what the Bible says at face value. If you took everything that the Bible says at face value, you would believe in unicorns. The Bible talks about unicorns three or four times throughout the Bible, And if you take literally what the Bible says at face value, then you believe in a magical horse with a horn on its head that has wings and can fly. We have to study the Word of God because the Bible was translated 
from Hebrew and Greek into the English language, which was one of the hardest things that ever happened because a lot of their words that they use doesn't go along with what our English language definitions. When you see the word unicorn in the Bible, it doesn't mean a magical horse. What they were referring to at the time was there was wild ox that had this one hump on its head and they used, instead of a wild ox, they used the word unicorn because that's what they could come up with that was close to our language, not knowing that we see a unicorn as a magical horse. That's the reason why there's so many different perspectives of the Bible today is because some people say, well, this is what the Bible says. But is it what the Bible actually means? We have to study to show ourselves approved unto God, not unto man, rightly dividing the word of truth. A lot of people say they can't read the Bible because it's so confusing. Well, if you look at it through the human aspect, it is very confusing. And sometimes it sounds like it contradicts itself. But if you look through the eyes of Christ and read the Bible, as you're reading the Word of God, it comes more clearer to what the Word is actually saying. Some have written Bibles that are in today's language, and they've left out scriptures and twisted scriptures. You see, I'm a firm believer that, yes, the Bible's been translated over time and time and time again, and man has translated into what it sees and how it helps them. That's, like I said, that's the reason why we have so many different organizations, so many different religions, so many different beliefs, is because one man sees it one way and another man sees it another way. We have to come to understand there's only one way to read the Bible, and that's through the eyes of Christ. When the Bible was first written, there was no chapters, verses. It got translated that way so that we can study the Bible more. People say that, well, this verse says this, but over here this verse says that. Why does it contradict itself? The Bible does not contradict itself. You can read one scripture in one place and come over to another place and it says something totally different because it's not even talking about the first paragraph that you read or the first verse that you read. The Bible is basically books.
It's experiences that people went through at the time when Jesus walked this earth, at times when God was developing the earth. We have to come to understand that the Bible is a book. That's basically what the Bible is. So you can't always take verses and run them together and say, this is the way it's meant to be. Yeah, in man's eyes, that's the way it's meant to be because they were taught that growing up and they stuck with it. It felt good to them and they wanted it to be, you know, a tradition and keep it going You can't do that with the Word of God. You can't do that through the eyes of Christ. Each paragraph in that Bible is written for what's going on at the time that the writer is writing that book. The Old Testament talked a lot about what God did to to put man where man's supposed to be. The New Testament comes along, and here comes our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not changing anything. He's not here to confuse anybody. He's here to let us know this is the way into heaven. I thank God for giving us his son who died for us that we no longer have to live by the law, which is the Old Testament, the first five books, the Mosaic Laws. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I if I lived by the law, I'd be dead now. I would be stoned to death because it was so hard to live by the laws that God set out for his chosen people. But when you read the Bible, this is what I always tell people when they first start reading the Bible. Yes, you're going to see things in there that doesn't make sense. Yes, you're going to see things that look like it's contradicting something that was said in another part of the Bible. But when you read the Bible and study the Bible... You have to take what you're reading and you have to understand that what you're reading here does not go along with what you're reading in another book, in another chapter, in another verse. We have been programmed in our minds throughout the world, throughout history that you can take a verse here, a verse here, a verse here, a verse here, and a verse here, and you can use it to manipulate people into thinking that what you're saying is the God-honest truth. When I was a pastor and I would skip verses and go through verses and, and put them together, My spirit attacked me so hard to the point where, okay, why am I saying this over here when this is totally talking about something different, but it goes good with what I want to preach about. 
and man has developed over time to do that. I heard him I heard a man say one time, a pastor say one time, when you read the word of God, read it for what you're reading about at that time. Don't worry about if there's other verses that can go along with what you're saying because what you're reading right now has to do with what's going on at that time as the writer is writing it down. And it come to me that this man is exactly right. How come we keep switching through verses? Because that's the way our, we have been programmed throughout life, throughout our Christian walk, throughout the history of being Christians. And that's the reason why people look at Christians today and say they're hypocrites. They're, they're saying one thing and doing something totally different. Why do I want to be a part of that? Because we're taking something that happened over in Genesis and comparing it to something that happened over in Matthew. When it's talking about totally two different subjects, two different books. You know, I hear people say, well, why does it say this in Joe and this? But then it says this over here in, Matthew, in Mark. You know, when the Bible was written and man was talking about the Word of God, teaching the Word of God, they used old scriptures to talk about what was being said and just because it says it in one part of the Bible and not the other part of the Bible, we have to understand when the writer was writing the Bible, he was taking scriptures that he only had and was using them to, to get across what he was saying. So, yes, in the Bible, it does talk about in the last days, your sons and your daughters will prophesize. Your men, young men will have visions. Your old men will have dreams in two different parts of the Bible. But when it was talked about in the New Testament, all they were doing was coming across with what they were trying to say. We have to study the Bible. We have to come to understand what we're reading and what it's about. I'm a firm believer that all answers of life are in the Bible. I'm a firm believer of that. I'm not a firm believer that man can take one scripture and turn it around to make it sound like that's the way it's supposed to be. You see, 
there's a lot of things in this world that we can't take at face value. One of the things is the Bible. I run, I go by churches all the time, and I like to read their signs and and see what they're up to. And I went by this one church that said, "We are face value believers in the Word of God." Well, then I started to look out back of their church to see if there were unicorns roaming the field. Because I have never seen a flying horse with wings with a horn on its head. But if you're a firm believer in what the Word says, then you believe in unicorns because it's in the Bible. Study to show thyself approved. Unto God, not unto man. Man is so afraid to actually say what the word is because, one, if they're a pastor of a church, they don't want to lose their congregation. Two, it's because that's what they've been taught all their life and it's been programmed in their minds to say exactly what was said back in the old days when when grandpa was up there preaching the word that they don't want to change it because their mind has been programmed that's exactly what it says one thing that i don't like to do but i catch myself doing is when i go to a church and i start listening to the pastor and he starts going through one scripture and then turning over to another scripture then turning over to another scripture, I start to look up the verses and read exactly what these verses are saying and they have nothing to do with one another. When you look through the eyes of Christ, you would come to understand Yes, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. No doubt about that. But his word has changed so much because man has put it into his own terms, his own definition. You take a King James Version of the Bible, New Revelation Bible, and you start to read them. The same verse, same chapter, same book, and you start to read them. And it starts to make you wonder, okay, where is the confusion coming in at? Because King James says it this way, but this new Revelation Bible says it that way. I thought it meant this. You realize that you are so confused because, well, that's not the way I've always been taught that that said. Then there comes confusion. So which way is the right way? What is going on here? Then here comes the contradictory, well, 
this Bible, it's very contradicting. I don't understand why it says this, but it's not exactly what I've been taught all my life. Because what you have been taught is by man. You have been taught the traditions of the church. That's the reason why you, as an individual, have to study the Word of God and come to the conclusion to what the Word is saying. Well, brother, that's the reason why we have pastors out there, because if we don't understand something, we go to them and they tell us what it says. They're only going to tell you what they've been programmed to tell you. They're going to tell you what tradition says, what their belief throughout their ministry and their organization has told them. Instead of saying what is really there, a lot of pastors don't like to step on toes. A lot of pastors don't preach the the fire and brimstone that the word is actually about they are afraid to lose their congregation they're afraid to lose the money that's coming into the church as you can tell yes i have a hard time with churches today because there's just too much going on and instead of taking the word for what it is They're taking the word and using it for what they were brought up on. You have to study the Bible. You have to look through the eyes of Christ when you're reading the Bible. You have to come to understand maybe, just maybe, what you've been taught All your life may be wrong. Oh, I'm getting a lot of text on that one, feedback on that one, because I can see right now people are going to say, how dare you tell me my pastor's lied to me? I'm not telling you your pastor lied to you. What I'm saying is he's only going to tell you what he's been programmed, and it's just an ongoing situation in the church world today. If I was a Baptist or a Methodist or whatever, Pentecost, whatever, I'm only going to teach you the way I've been taught through that organization. Instead of you as an individual studying the Word, coming to understand the Word, Well, I can't say that because they'll throw me out of the church. God puts a spirit in a man. When you become born again, certified Christian, there's a spirit that lives inside of you that teaches you and guides you and leads you. And just because you see something that's actually right... But you're afraid to tell because you don't want the church to think that you're coming up with a new religion. Quit being a yellow Christian and start telling what you feel. 
Like I said, I'm not here to change your mind about your religion, about your church, about your pastor, about your congregation. I'm not here to do that. What I'm here to do is try to get you to understand man makes plenty of mistakes. Man makes plenty of calls that they have to do to keep things going the way it is. And I hear pastors all the time say, well, you know, I was preaching this in the pulpit. Then it hit on me about something else. That's because the Spirit is trying to tell you what you're preaching isn't exactly what is being said in this service. Say it what you feel and what the Spirit inside of you is telling you to say. That's the reason why we shouldn't quench the Spirit. If you want to take the Bible at face value, that's your prerogative. You do it, and you live by it. But I've done a lot of studying, and I've done a lot of getting with God and and asking God to let me see through the eyes of Christ. Let me see what is really being said here because I know over here in this verse it says this. Now, my mind is getting confused on me, and I'm, I'm not understanding. Read what you're reading, because that's all it's talking about. It's not talking about what's happening over in the other books. It's only talking about what was written at the time that it was written. Study. Study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto man, rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot always take the Bible at face value. I pray for those who are who reads the Bible and gets confused because this isn't what they've been taught. This isn't what their organization believes. I heard one time an organization didn't believe in saying Holy Ghost. They believed in saying Holy Spirit or the other, the other denomination believed in Holy Spirit and not Holy Ghost. It's all the same thing. But man's perspective have put new definitions onto it because that's the way their organization believes. Just go with God today. And instead of using your own eyes, look through the eyes of Christ throughout this day. And just let the Word of God sink into you for what you see and what you believe. Just study it. Take time out of your busy schedule. Stop watching soap operas. Stop watching ball games and take time to study the Word of God.
Once again, this is Pastor Matthew with Eyes Through the the Eyes of Christ Ministry. I want to thank you for this day, giving me the opportunity to come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.